Hi everyone, welcome to Wolves Fancast. We're recording this so you don't have to talk about it. It is Wolves versus Liverpool this evening. I am joined by Stu Hall. This really is going to be a labour of love this episode. Hello. I am joined by Jordan Russell. Evening, folks. And a very, very special guest, former Wolves keeper and now Shrewsbury goalkeeper, Harry Burgoyne. Evening. Thanks for having me. No, thank you very much for coming on. I wish we could have had a bit of a <laughs> happier subject to talk about, but it's a really real pleasure to have you on. Um, it's uh, nice to have somebody who can dissect these goals with the fury that we need. No, I'm not going to ask you to dig anybody out. Um, but yeah, 4-0 um, defeat to a Liverpool side ravaged with injuries. Um, and I think... Well, you tell me, guys, before the game, what was your expectations? Do you think this Liverpool side could have been got at? And when you saw our lineup, did you think, actually, we can do something here? We can we can go on the attack? Yeah, for me, I think, um, sort of, well, before the game, um, all day when I've been talking to my mates about it, um, I've said I think the best way to beat this Liverpool team is to try and, and probably the only way to beat them is swing punches with them go punch for punch, blow for blow with them and see if you come off best, really. You know, they're arguably the best team in Europe, them and Bayern. Um, the, the thing for me was, obviously, like you mentioned there, the injuries they've got, um, you know, they've got a few injuries throughout that team. I thought they were gettable or at least you could have a go at them tonight. Um, yeah, that, that, you know, we've uh, <laughs> we've true, well and truly got beat, haven't we? You know, even... Keller making his debut, I'm sure Harry can touch on it as well. I thought he was exceptional um, for a da- Premier League debut. He didn't put a foot wrong for them either. So, um, yeah, ultimately, before the game, I think we've got it tactically how I think most Wolves fans would have gone for it, really. I think probably go blow for blow with them, especially how well we played at Arsenal last week. And unfortunately, tonight we've come off second best. Mm, absolutely. Um, Stu, what were your initial thoughts on, on the lineup when you saw it? I mean, clock before the game. He mentioned that, you know, he didn't know how Wolves were going to put themselves out today. And I think you could argue that neither did Wolves <laughs> for a vast majority of it. But um, what did you think of the lineup when you when you saw it? No, I think what Jordan said pretty much, that it was overly positive, especially after last week. And everyone, if we'd have gone back to a five at the back, everyone would have been moaning about it and thinking, well, we've kind of bottled it before we kick off. And with their defence looking a bit different to what it normally would do, it was in theory, the right thing to do. I mean, it, I was pretty excited beforehand, especially with, obviously, with Jimenez not being available and thinking, can Silver start the game? Would have been a bit of an ask. So I think playing with a false nine, was, as we all expected, I had no real problem with it and I thought it probably was the best way to go. But mm-hmm. that was before the game. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Harry, what were, what were your thoughts going into it? Did you think, did you look at the lineup and think, Fair enough. It's um, a team that can, can, we can counter as we as we normally do. What were your initial thoughts when you saw it and 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 how we shaped for the game? Yeah, that's what I felt as if like obviously being both teams being counter teams. I felt as if it was going to be a lot like the Leeds game that uh, Liverpool had at the start of their season, like four three loads of goals. They didn't really develop into that really. Like it kind of broke down when we got into the final third and then. Um, the only other thing I'd say is like obviously being being a young goalkeeper myself, like 
on your debut, the last thing you want is sort of a lot of pressure on yourself. And I just felt mm-hmm. felt like we we um, took short corners when I felt mm-hmm. as if like you go and lump everyone on the keeper and just swing it in and just see see how his nerves are early on. And I, oh, I, I felt as if short yeah. corners and stuff like weren't really testing him. So obviously being on the receiving end of it myself, like the last thing you want is is kind of corners being swung in with the quality that they have in the Premier League as well. Yeah. I mean, it's it's not what you want really, is it? So, yeah, that's what I felt. Hmm. Yeah, Keller, he had a... He wasn't really tested in in massively at the start of the game and actually, well, throughout it. But what he did do, he did with with relative relative ease and comfort. Um, I mean, you, you, you'll have been there yourself of your debuts for different clubs... Has there been a time that you can think of when you know you've you started and you've been peppered straight off the bat? Is it you know should should Nuno have have, have looked at that and thought maybe we play more attacking in that sense to, to test the keeper? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I mean, I remember one game for Wolves where obviously I've made my debut against Fulham, and then in the week we had Cardiff City, and like I just got absolutely battered with crosses and long throw-ins and stuff, and. It isn't what you want because, like, obviously, I didn't have a lot of experience in that sort of sense. So, you are you aren't going to get everything correct. So it is tough. So I just think, per, and obviously, it's my opinion. It's uh, it's obviously not Nuno's style to get sort of go and lump it on goalkeepers and stuff like that. But that's kind of I felt as if what what we could have done early on. Mm-hmm. I felt like. You know, very much the start of the game, it didn't have that um, balls to the wall, if you will, back and forth. I really thought it would be end-to-end, and it did start off very much of like a battle of attrition. Um, Shu, in the early openings and how the game was, was un- unfolding, you could see very early on that we were going to struggle without a central target man to play with. How yeah. did you think if we were going to score a goal, we were going to score a goal? And was there any promising signs at first? It looked it looked like we'd be we were playing with ten men straight away, mm. um, like when you take your striker off and just kind of try and win win free kicks and get a set piece and something like that because we just looked even from the very start it looked just bereft of anything through the middle whatsoever, and it, mm. it was all it was all right getting down the wing and crossing it in but who are you crossing it into, and mm. like how are you saying then about the short corners I mean why he carried on with that for the entire game when. You were sending everyone up and it still carried on. It was just weird. But yeah, I, I thought up until the first, up until they scored, which was, again, we'll get on to Cody in a minute, I thought we did okay. I thought we kind of, like they said it in commentary, which I presume everyone's legally watched it on Amazon Prime, well done people, um, <laughs> that they um, it was very much a chess match. It was trying to trying to sort each other's out, trying to pick, pick your passes at the right time. And it was a really... A purist game, I suppose you could say. <laughs> one, yeah, of them, yeah. one of them, one of them games where you know something's going to happen, but how is it going to happen? And then, unfortunately for us, what what Cody did was kind of ruin the game for us in the end. Mm, yeah, George, you um, have not been uh, a shrinking violet when it comes to <laughs> some of the uh, mistakes that have been made by our captain in the past. Though I can't think of a time this season really so far where we've made an absolutely glaring error um, and we usually discuss this on the back of trying to mark a player like Giroud or um, or, or like a bigger stronger yeah. you know big man um, 
Cody in this game. What do you think it is? Nerves? He doesn't seem the type to have them. I think it's just concentration. What, what, talk me through. Talk me through the first goal that we conceded, and you know, is it just one of those things that you know, the law of averages means a mistake's going to happen every so often. I just think it's a mistake. You know, we're all we're all you know we're human, and you know you, we all make them. I think, like I said, sort of at times last season of 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 single, you know, take pick out Connor Cody. Um, you know, I've always said he's a fantastic captain and footballer, but I always felt like he, he can struggle when he gets pinned against a big man. Um, but to, like this season, I think he's grown from strength to strength. Um, for me, that's the first mistake he's made all all, all this season for me, and I just think. You make a mistake 18 yards out against Liverpool. It's just unfortunate, isn't it? I think in hindsight, yeah, he should have put his head through it. But you can see what he's trying to do. He's trying to chest it down for, you know, pass it, chest pass to Bolly just to clear the lines and get up the pitch. And just got it slightly wrong. And you don't need to give Salah a, an opportunity like that 15 yards out on, on Mark, do you? It's just unfortunate, really unfortunate. And I, I don't really want to single him out for that at all. Um I thought the first 20, 25 minutes, it was very even. I thought we, we, we got a brew into the game quite well. Although we weren't, you know, we weren't on top or anything. I, I didn't think there was much in it. We kept them relatively quiet. And, yeah, that goal sort of pinned us back a little bit. And, um, yeah, there's not, you know, for me, I think if you, you're nitpicking, if you're going to say, oh, or even get on Connor's back for that, I just think it's a, you know, it's, no, just a, no. it's, an, it's an error. And, you know, we've been punished for it. And, unfortunately, it happens in football. Also, yeah, I, I, I think if you've got to like appreciate that Liverpool's front three, the pressure is like relentless. So, like for me, if if Connor would have done that last week against Aubameyang, I think for me Aubameyang kind of gives up on it, thinks, "Oh, I haven't got the ball." But with Salah, it's like, "Bosh, he's straight on it, isn't yeah. he?" And it's he's relentless. Just... He's completely. That's why he's one of the. That's why he gets thirty goals a season. He has about exactly. nine shots a season, but he's just so relentless. He's a pest, isn't he? And he's never yeah. going to miss from there. And it's just, mm-hmm. yeah, it's just unfortunate. You know, it's just, it's just unlucky. It's just a mistake, and unfortunately, exactly. well, you're going to get punished. No, that's yeah. that's all. Yeah, I mean, as part of the goalkeeper union, Harry, I'm sure. I don't think Rui could have done a lot with any of the goals tonight this evening. To be honest, no, I feel no. I feel really sorry for him in that case. I mean, to have four goals against your name. Um, in any game must be pretty heartbreaking, but when you can't really do anything about them, it must be that that little bit more gutting for you. Yes, yeah, it's, it's tough because you kind of look back and you think, well, you kind of try and pick out all the goals and you'll be on the bus on the way home or train or whatever, and you'd be trying to think, well, what 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 if I'd have stood there instead, or what if I'd have sort of mm-hmm. made that decision? But look, I, I, the quality of the finishes is is top draw, isn't it? So. I don't think you can have too many sort of complaints about Rui or, or anything like that. So, yeah, I think no. one of them where you just got to move on to the next one, really. And like like the old saying in football, never get too low, never get too high. And you just got to mm. go and put it right now against Villa, is it, next game? Yeah, it is. Obviously, yeah, massive, yeah, massive game. So, yeah. Well, I mean, the rest of the half after the goal, I, I didn't think that we went into our shells or anything. I thought that we, we actually carried on. We looked. We, we we got into the same positions we would normally get in, and so I, I don't think there was an issue there creatively. I just think that because there's no Raul in the box for it, you, you, Troy always on autopilot. He's doing the same thing he does every game, but just without the man in the box to cross to. Um, yeah. And the same, you know, when he got out to Neto as well, you know, he, he looked sharp and he looked like he was getting in there. But 
you can only do so much. Uh, you know, this isn't unfortunately FIFA. You can't cut back in, do a finesse shot, bang it in from 18 yards out. Do you know what I mean? As much as we'd like to. Do you think that because, you know, we've got somebody on the wrong side of five foot as our false nine or whatever you want to call it, really, we should have just been attacking centrally through the whole game and not trying this wide wing play? But what you, do you think? Should we shout any different? I mean, ideally, yeah, but we've never ever played like that, have we? <laughs> that was that's that's the problem that our system's designed around a focal point beat Bonatini in the past, and then Jimenez, <laughs> and that's what it's been. That's what it's been, and it's okay changing to a back four out of now out of the blue, but then you're changing exactly how you play the entire <laughs> the entire plan of the game changes just because Jimenez is not there, and I think going forward they're going to have to because it just didn't work. But today, mm-hmm. I thought. Fair play, they tried it. They tried. I mean, you, you could try it with Neto in the middle. How well that would work, I don't know. But that's the only other real option other than giving Silver a decent run. Which is he ready? Because he didn't look ready. However, however good his touch is and however promising he is, is he up to playing in the, another six, seven Premier League games from the, for ninety minutes? I don't think he is yet, mm. personally. But yeah, I mean. I don't blame them for not changing the system, but I think it's something that we need to look at now, really. Yeah, George, I mean, from your point of view, in the attacking sense, we got into the same positions that we normally would in fair play, but because we didn't have that bite in the middle of, of the box, would you have changed things up? You know, the top teams can adapt, and that's what we want to be. You know, I don't want this... We were we were playing Gillingham <laughs> five years ago mentality that, that comes around. Top te- top teams adapt. So should we have should we have been more adventurous? I think in hindsight you can always look to be a bit more adventurous, but I think against most teams we'd probably get away with playing that sort of system and formation. Mm-hmm. We'd probably yep. have more of the ball um, and be able to work our way out the pitch. Liverpool are a top top team, like you know. They're probably going to win the league again, or at least they're going to be in the top two, uh, and they're going to go deep in Europe as well. And that's just that's where we obviously would love to be in five, ten years' time. But um, like I said, there's no disgrace losing to them. I just think that for me, sort of, I know we spoke about it in the WhatsApp group playing that false nine. It's the formation I would have played pre-game, but actually watching it in reality now, it played out. Mm. Successful teams doing that, which was as again touched on in the group, was you know the Barcelona team under Pep and the, the Spanish. World Cup and European teams, but they had 70, 75% of the possession and they were world-class teams. Barcelona scored 120 goals in that season with a, not a recognised number nine. But it's all right when you've got Messi and Neymar and Ronaldinho and all these other players. And, you know, unfortunately, we're not there. So, yeah, in hindsight, it's a wonderful thing. I just think that without Jimenez, it, it proves, you know, that we're toothless, but he's a world-class striker. And same thing, you know, if you take Harry Kane out of Tottenham, they all of a sudden become a, a, a much, you know, much lesser attacking threat of a team. And, you know, you take all these players out, you know, Jimenez is a massive loss and we're probably going to end up labouring or, or scratching around till January the 1st to try and just make the best of the situation we're in now. And I think that Fabio Silva, for me, has got to play um, purely for the fact of price tag being one and also... We probably haven't got much of a choice. I think yeah. it's proved today that we probably do need to revert back to that four-two-three-one. I think just to give us a bit more control in the middle and also give us some sort of outlet up front. Because 
Pedence is a magical player. I think, you know, he's a fantastic player, but he's far better when he's facing goal rather than he's back to goal. And that's where we need him to be more, more of a threat. Harry, from your point of view, from the attacking, you know, sense of the um, of the game, is it just the case that we are playing a fantastic team and on another game, on another day against a lesser team, actually continuing in the way that we were playing today, the same way that we always play in getting it on the wing using our fast wingers? Do you think that's something we should be pushing on with in the absence of Raul Jimenez going forward, or should we be mixing it up? Um... It's a trick. I mean, it's a tricky one for any manager, isn't it? Because obviously Nuno would have thought that 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 way that he's gone out to try and play tonight would have been the way to hurt Liverpool the most mm-hmm. and, and get the result. Um, personally, I wouldn't be surprised if the four at the back gets scrapped now. In my opinion, just because like they've been so good at something for so long and it's got yeah. so much success. Um, it, I don't think it's a coincidence that we've gone and conceded four tonight. I know it's a top team that Liverpool are, but I just feel like maybe he'll he'll kind of go back to the drawing board and think, look, we just need to go back to basics in the absence of him, Jimenez and just think, shut the back door because they, they've kept so many clean sheets over the last few seasons. That's what they've been great at. Mm-hmm. Sort of shut the door for the first half like he likes to do and and just go and try and nick a goal, and I, I just think that's that's the way that's the way that they've got to do it, especially over this next busy Christmas period, because obviously legs are going to be tired, and the personnel is going to be the same more or less every game. So for me, he'll just want to he'll just want to shut the door and go and nick a goal on the counter, and I think that's what they're the best at. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd agree. I'd agree. One thing I want to ask you specifically, Harry, as a as a pro and someone. The only person on the call to have played more than fifty in front of more than fifty people, I imagine. <laughs> the rest of it, um, five people, maybe I don't know. Um, yeah. I, I got to two. Of... I got to two hundred fifty once, Matt. All right. Oh, sorry, nice. sorry. Not digging, not digging that. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Um, the addition of the fans in the in the stands, and you know, listening to the Amazon Prime um, commentary, oh. you know, you'd think it. Yeah, you know, you think this was the the mecca of uh, the mecca of all football, and, and why sh- why should anybody else ever bother going to a game because it's never going to be any better than Anfield? Um, and to, to be fair, you know, considering you know I've been there as part of a seven thousand um, seven thousand away following. I was there for the Dortmund game when they won in the Europa League. Um, obviously, this was like a church compared to that from a, from a noise point of view. But will that will that still have had an effect on the players in terms of having having rival fans in there, or is that something that you know you tune out of as as a pro and not something that you you really feed off unless you know you're three 0 up or they're booing you off the pitch? That's a that's, that's a good question. To be fair, um, I, I first of all I'm not too sure because I've not been in that situation yet. We've only played mm. at home, being being at Shrewsbury so far. So I, I think it is going to be a big advantage for the home team moving forward with like not not being able to have any travelling fans. But I don't think it would have I don't think it would have made a massive difference. I mean, like these boys at the top of their game, mm-hmm. as soon as they cross that white line, I just feel like you kind of you shut your mind off, and it, I don't think it would have bothered them at all because they've all played in front of thousands and thousands of people and millions of people on the TV and whatever. So. Yeah, I don't think it would have been a problem for them. Um, 
but yeah, I, I mean, it's great to have the fans back, isn't it? I bet, I bet you all you lot are uh, sort of in this on the same page with that. Well, yeah. we will be when we're allowed to go, but not <laughs> until until then, we're horrendously jealous of yeah. anybody that gets to go to a game. To be fair, so we get into um, we get into half time, uh, one nil down. Um, what were your initial thoughts? Did you think actually we, we can get into this? We, you know, we're one nil down. We've been in this position plenty of times before. Um, you know, cliche bingo. We're a second half team. We've scored so many goals after half time. Blah 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 blah. Um, what you know, shoe? Did you think you know this, we're still in the game here? We can still do it. Or were there enough warning signs in the game that actually you thought uh, we're looking a bit? You know, we, we're not making any clear cut chances here. We're not testing the keeper enough. Actually, this is going to be a long evening. Well, we were still. For as much as there was no end product, we were still getting in areas where we were posing problems and we were still winning corners and we were still getting free kicks. So until that started to dry up, I thought, well, yeah, we've still got a chance of getting something here. Um, but it just, I don't know what it was in that set because normally, we, as you just said, we come out second half and barnstorm everything and win. And I just never had that feeling after the first five minutes of the second half. It just seemed a bit flat. I don't know what it was. It just, it was weird. I mean, I'd only had four four cans of John Smiths today, and even I was feeling it. And it, it was just <laughs> it was just weird. It, there was no real, if it, I don't know if the the goal because Cody was at fault for the goal. If it affected him, and then there's no one to lift him up because he's always the one doing it. I don't know if that played a part. I'm not sure, but it just seemed a bit flat. That's that's the best way I can exp- describe it. And then it just kind of when the second one went in, it was game over. And if yeah. I would have put my PS5 on if we were doing this tonight, more than likely, because it was there was no way back after that. Yeah, mm, agreed. George, your thoughts? Um, for me, I felt we were very much in the game, still even at 1-0, because they never carved us open at any point in that first half. And I felt like we just needed to create so just a bit of just a moment, anything. And we got we still got quality players on that pitch to create a moment for us. I had no doubt about that. Um, at half time, I felt like I, was mess- I messaged um, one of my friends on WhatsApp and I said, me, I'd swap Neto and Troyore over, give them all Troyore and run at Nico Williams because he was on a card. Granted, you know, he's still playing for Liverpool, but he's definitely the weak link in that team anyway, not still. And I felt that was the way to go. Just keep, keep giving Troyore the ball five minutes and just make him commit, make, you know, put him under pressure because you wouldn't you'd either have to bring him down and get sent off or you just burn him. And But we never even done, we never really. We never did that. I think the second half, watching it, you know, on reflection, I don't really know what the plan was. I mean, don't get me wrong, the, the Vine Alden goal, he took it. It's just a tremendous yeah, flip. Um, and then, like Stu said, it's game over. Once, you know, once you tunnel down to the champions elect, they're just going to bat it. They're just going to punish you. And were, you could tell after that second goal, when in, they were just in the mood. They literally went up another mm. gear. And, uh, like I said, there's no complaints to that Liverpool team at all. I just feel like we've gone out with a bit of a whimper, unfortunately. Uh, yeah. And maybe that was down to how good they were, but I've got a feeling, uh, if you look in individual performances, I think there's a few people who were off it tonight. And we saw it with Man City last year when we beat them twice last year. All 11 players and the people that come on the pitch were at it. And that's what you need against these big teams. If you're slightly off it, they can, it doesn't matter who you are, they can, they can stick three, four, five past you. And unfortunately, we were on the wrong end of it tonight. Yeah, I think so, it shows as well the fine margins in football where, like, obviously everyone's disappointed tonight if you're a Wolves fan. However, at 1-0 down, 
like we get a chance. I don't know if it was a wide free kick or whatever. Code at the back stick. Like if that ball just bounces a little bit differently or hits the yeah. end of his toe, it's one all. And then all of a sudden, like we probably go and sort of smother them, and maybe like it, it's a different game. And like that's just football, isn't it? Like yeah, it's just it's just a crazy game. So like I wouldn't I wouldn't get too down about like a, a bad result or whatever because it's just like literally a little thing like that that changes the game. So on another night, you know, you just don't know what could have happened. Well, we don't do that on this podcast, Harry, so we want you to dig your friends out. <laughs> no, 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 to, to, to be fair, there were, a few, there were a few abject performances on the pitch, but on the whole, I thought there was a, there was a level of deflatedness maybe after the first goal. One question I did want to ask, Harry, what, what, you know, you'd have played under different managers. What does a manager do at half-time or what kind of conversations does he have when, when a player that's so pivotal to, to our success in terms of keeping clean sheets, etc. like Cody, makes a mistake. Like, do you, does, he, does he put an arm around a player? Does he, does he call him out in front of the dressing room? You know, in your experience, what, what can you do to, like, keep, keep people motivated like that? Or as professionals, are they actually, like, you know, dust themselves down, you know, we move, so to speak? Um, so, from sort of past experience, Nuno wouldn't have said anything to Cody at half-time, I wouldn't have thought. Um, but then you get you get the odd manager like for I'm trying to think of an example now. Uh, for example, <laughs> I yeah I'd say he might have done a little bit there. Yeah, like you get the sort of opposite where you you go in and you just get absolutely dug out and sort of some sometimes that would work with a personality and sometimes it wouldn't. So I think it's just a case of sort of a manager knowing knowing the personality of the player and codes codes would have known that like he's got to do better and no one would have needed to tell him that do you know what I mean so mm, yeah, yeah but however if you've got another personality that kind of doesn't take responsibility for it then they might need a sort of a rocket at half time but um but yeah I'm sure Nuno wouldn't have done that because he knows that codes like sort of knows mm. that he's got to do better and he would have he would have sort of because as soon as soon as it happened like he obviously has his little ten seconds where he's disappointed, but then you can hear him on the TV still like shouting and demanding. So that that that's what you've got to do after a mistake, really react like that. Yeah, I mean it's fascinating. You know, in this voyeuristic world that we have now with all the Amazon documentaries and everything else, it's just fascinating to see kind of how man management plays such an important and pivotal role in not just tactically, but for for the whole game. Man management of, between a manager and player is just so important. Um, so moving on, like kind of whizzing through through the rest of the game, as depressing as it was, um, one Alden's, you know, has a fantastic finish. Like nothing that, what's the old adage? Two keepers wouldn't have saved it. Um, <laughs> and 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 again, not a lot Rui can do with that. Really, he's, he's not helped. And 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 Cody's got to do. It. Cody's got to mark two men, and he he's neither here or, or nor there with it. Because who are you gonna? When you've got an attacking threat as as potent as Liverpool, it must be an absolute nightmare. It must keep you up at night just to think about who you're going to mark, let alone actually succeeding and doing it. I mean, going forward for the rest of the game, once it gets to 2-0, there's no way back, is there, Stu, after that? No, it was just... I mean, you could just see because they just took their foot off the gas there and they just started passing it around between themselves. There was, no, there was nothing on them to go and chase the game. What's, they don't have to do a single thing and they just 
players like fools. They just controlled the game and just. I mean, it, it felt like the game, the last. After as soon as it went two 0 it felt like it was two hours long. The rest of that match, it, it was just. It, it's hard to describe it because you know, I mean, you try and compare. Yeah, we got spanked by West Ham four 0 and that was completely different. To we were all raging and rightly so, but. It's kind of like humbling because, yeah, we were just outclassed, well and truly outclassed from the 2-0 onwards. And yeah. there was, I mean, I, I, when I said at the time, I said this could get embarrassing and it, it never really did because they were just a class above us. I mean, yeah, uh-huh. Samedo didn't seem to want to defend at all for the whole second half, which God knows where he was for half of the time. Um, Neves had a stinker and Dendonka still can't head a ball properly when he's <laughs> heading down on goal, which is weird, but... Yeah, apart from that, we just outclassed and there's no shame in losing 4-0 to Liverpool, especially this Liverpool side, however many injured defenders they've got out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it was summed up for me by the fact that the wife's asleep on the settee. When the, when like the fourth one goes in, I'm like, oh, fuck's sake. Get up, she goes, oh, what's happened here? It was only 1-0 at half-time. And I'm like, and I just looked at her and I was about to say, you better pack those, you better pack those bags and get out. Is but, she a, again, do, you have, do you have butlers? Who, are you speaking like this now? What do you mean, I don't think she's ever spoken to her. Yeah. It's my work voice, isn't it? It, sounds, it yeah. sounds like you're in Downton Abbey or something. And you, you live <laughs> on Ashmore Park. You don't live on Downton Abbey. <laughs> I Ashmore Park via lower pen. I'll let you know. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, I mean, the Samedo own goal pretty much kind of summed up the night, didn't it, really? Um, in terms of, like, a, just a bit of a downer and, you know, not fantastic, really. Um, one thing that we haven't mentioned, obviously, is the Cody pen that wasn't. Um, as far as you guys are concerned, was it the right call? Yeah. Yeah, it's not a pen. It's not a pen, but it's... Um... It's one of those where nine times out of ten you get in contact. He has I don't think he's dived. He's he's beat Marley to the ball and even if Marley clips his heel with the VAR world, it's given, isn't it? So mm-hmm. he's beaten to the ball and yeah, it look it all and it looks worse because you slow it down. So it now looks like he's Cody's dived. I mean, we all know Cody's well, I don't know personally, I'm sure Harry can uh, back us up. <laughs> cheat <laughs> um, I just think he, no. he was expecting contact he beat him to the ball and yeah like I say it's just not a penalty unfortunately any any bit of contact in this world is a penalty but it's just yeah not a penalty not a dive move on in my opinion mm-hmm. any advance on that Harry in terms of uh, no I, like I agree it's not it's not a pen and like as soon as uh, sort of that situation happens with the VAR now and the, the sort of ref goes over it it has to be like really clear for him to overturn his decision. So, mm-hmm. like the fact that he's overturned his decision tells you that it ain't a pen. Do you know what I mean? So, for me, it's it's bang on. But uh, let's not go into VAR too deep because <laughs> you know we, we could be here for hours and hours. Days even. I've said this is the exact like they said on commentary as well. This is the exact reason why I, I don't, I'm not in the VAR hatred camp at all because things like this. I mean, I watched the EFL highlights this morning, and there was some shit going on in them games where you think hey, these it's just blatantly unfair because the decisions are wrong, <laughs> and yet yeah. you kind of in what 16 months you kind of 
you I'm so used to VAR fixing these things. When there was penalties galore, I can't remember, there was one of the games where it was outrageous, the Norwich game, and there was two blatant penalties in that game. Just not, you've just waved off. You think, well, okay. <laughs> There's the good points about VAR. There's a lot of bad points and a lot of bad points about people who operate it. But today it was correct for a change. Let's, let's have let's have it out, Stu. If VAR was a physical entity, you'd you'd be cheating on your wife with it, wouldn't you? He would be my wife by now. <laughs> You'd be shagging VAR if you could. We we all know that. Um, So on that, I think we'll take a break. And uh, when we come back, we'll discuss uh, the Villa game coming up and we will do the quiz. Hi, Richard here. Before you go back to hearing us dissect the latest Wolves news, some really shoehorn Simpsons references, a bit of 90s film action, of course, a bit of wrestling, um, I just want to do a quick shout out for our sponsors, Pixel Yeti Media. Now, they've done a fantastic job on the Wolves Fancast website, WolvesFancast.com, please go check it out. But they're not just web designers, they're a creative agency that cover all your design needs from websites, brochures and signage to marketing, logo design and branding. There's basically nothing they can't do marketing-wise, so make sure you check them out at pixelyetimedia.com and I'll let you get back to enjoying the show. Okay, guys, welcome back to Wolves Fancast. Um, we're going to look forward now to the Villa game. Uh, bubble well and truly burst, would you say, for the Villa at the minute in terms of actually had a really promising start to the season, but it's, they seem to have tailed off quite a bit recently. Uh, lost again this weekend. Um, on the back of obviously this 4 0, Harry, you mentioned that you think that Nuno might go back to a five at the, well, three slash five at the back, whichever way you want to call it. Um, do you think that's probably going to be? fruitful enough knowing that actually Villa has shipped quite a lot of goals recently do you think you know some might argue you could go all out attack and actually have a bit more joy by being a bit more of an attacking presence what do you think yeah Nuno I mean should be doing? I mean you, you could say that but again like if, if you are attacking you sort of get at the full backs like you say would it be similar tonight where you're crossing the ball into nobody do you know what I mean mm. um, f- for me the way to go about it is going back to basics and just sort of because obviously it's such a massive massive game obviously it's a derby um, and it's, it's a massive game you've got to go and get a result there um, sort of both both teams have had a had a bad result and all that stuff so yeah I mean for me I, I obviously I'm not the manager of all so it, but I, I'd go back to basics and just sort of shut the door make sure they don't score and then go and nick a goal on the counter because, mm-hmm. I mean, for, for me, like when uh, what comes to mind is Man City away last season when maybe two seasons ago a Triore scores the two late goals on the counter. I think yeah. why not why not play Triore down the middle? Mm-hmm. It must be a nightmare to for a centre half like when you've got him sort of spinning and rolling you in behind and getting at you so. Yeah, why not? Why not try him down the middle? I mean, when, when he has played down the middle before, he's played down the middle with Jimenez, so it's it has been a completely different situation. To if you played, if you went with five at the back and played two up front, you could have Jimenez and Neto up front as a two. That would be infinitely Rapid. better than what we had tonight. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. 
So that, I mean, I think there's a lot of merit in that, I and mean, you could you could still have Pedence behind and something like that. But it, you have got a good point in the situation that we are in now. I mean, I, I did say that I thought he'd go back to basics as well, just because after West Ham, he did get, thought, well, let's shut up shop and let's calm down a bit after that debacle. But yeah, yeah I think I think Traore and Neto up front is the only option that we really have, unless you want to play Silver, which I don't think you will, especially against Villa. And I mean, fing- fingers crossed, someone at their little special party that they had had COVID. So uh, our little friend and um, his maestro in chief get suspend get home visits for two weeks. Hopefully, <laughs> they don't get COVID themselves, so not they can't come and shake me down. But they just they've been in contact with someone who got COVID. So Barkley and Grealish to be homeward bound for two weeks over Christmas would be ideal. I can't see Wolves not winning next week, to be honest. Oh, that's a bold claim. I'd put the mortgage <laughs> on it next week, me, Wolves winning. George, are you sure? I've said it here it? first. I've said it here first. Um, <laughs> you know, like, there's going to be a soundbite. <laughs> there's a clip. The yeah, we're going to clip it. Um, I'll be honest with you, Grealish gives me nightmares. Grealish versus Samedo, I just, I'm thinking about it now, and I'm just like, Jesus Christ. Um, I don't... I think that I've said it. I've been quite vocal about it. Villa are a much improved team than they are than they were last season. Um, what do you think of Grealish as a player? He's an unbelievable footballer. Whatever the antics are, he's a fantastic footballer. Barkley improves him. Watkins improves him. It's going to be a tough game. I mean, we got beat him two, tw- beat him twice last year and at home, really comfortably. I just think that. I'd still make us favourites, and I'd be disappointed if we didn't come away with the three points. But it's all about nullifying Grealish. If we can stop that source, the balls to Grealish, whether that is you get you sit on Barkley or whatever you've got to do, you just got to cut that supply. And I don't fear them, but it's like I say, going forward the other way, what are we going to do? After watching tonight, and again, Liverpool's a different beast to Villa, I don't see where we're getting a goal. I don't see scoring at the minute. So. I'm a bit apprehensive about it, to be honest with you. I'm not as confident as Harry, anyway. Well, you, you say that, but let's let's look at the let's look at the facts. Since the 23rd of uh, October, they've conceded three to Leeds. They've conceded four to Southampton. They've conceded two to Brighton. Uh, they conceded two to West Ham, and they beat Arsenal three nil. I dare say the four of us would have a decent <laughs> shot at the way that Arsenal are going at the moment. Um, uh, so you know they're not in they're not in sparkling form Villa and they are conceding goals as well and and so you know I think with um, with our attacking prowess I think there's every chance we can get some goals against them even with the um, the glaringly obvious lack of target man I think and Harry you're exactly right in what you said is that going back to basics I think that's one thing that Nuno is good at is you know when we have had a drumming in the past so Chelsea springs to mind for me. Um, and, and West Ham, of course, that we can kind of calm down, reevaluate, reassess, and then have a game plan going forward. Um, and I, I'm feeling not as apprehensive about this Villa game than I would as if we were playing the Albion for obvious reasons, just because it's going to be the most horrible week of like of my life building up to that. And I'm sure everybody else is going to, as much as confident as we want to be about it, will you know will still be a horrible like anxious build up. I'm, I'm terrified after what I saw, saw them this afternoon. It was it was shocking. <laughs> and, uh, they um, they've got threats all over the pitch. 
<laughs> no, I, th- I think when it comes when it comes to Villa, you know, they do have definite goal scoring um, ambitions. But I think I think that we will we'll have enough. We'll we'll be able to calm down and relax and iron out some of the things that had gone wrong for us. Harry, you made a bold statement. You said we're one hundred percent going to win. <laughs> I think you used the term one hundred percent. If I if I'm well, I personally <laughs> feel like obviously. Be, play, being able to play under Nuno for the, se- the first season in the championship, mm. um, his way and his idea is that if if you can sort of keep possession and shut the door early on, then you kind of run a team into the ground. So mm-hmm. if you can keep the ball well, you move a team around and they're knackered, and then all of a sudden they've got to take make changes. And they're bringing on their like number two striker and number two number two midfield or whatever. So then you, you've made their team weaker straight away, and that's why they get so much joy late on with goals and stuff because they've just ran ran the opposition into the ground because they've been shuffling over, shuffling over with the switch mm-hmm. of play. And I just think that's what we've got to go and do against Villa. You've got to go and shut the door, keep the ball, and uh, hopefully get a, get a goal somewhere. I know I know Jimenez isn't there, but. There's more than enough sort of creativity and potence, uh, Neto and Traore to go and get a goal. So that's mm-hmm. what that's why I I sort of feel so. Put your hopes on Yeah. <laughs> well, put. Uh, I want everybody to put their necks on the line and give me a prediction for a score, please. Harry, I'll start with you if that's all right. One nil. One nil. Interesting, yeah. Stu. Yeah. One. Well, uh, Nuno special. One nil. Seventy-eight minutes. Seventy-eight minutes. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Golden goal. George. <laughs> 1-0 as well. I'm going to go Maximilian Kilman. Banging header. Bullet. Are we, are we talking like... Back of the team, like, I'm talking about hole in the net. That's how... Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, that's See, the way, the, way, the way you guys are describing it, it's definitely going to be a last game on Match of the Day kind of game. Oh, yeah, I oh. think Neves free kick. Neves free kick, I think. He's used due one. He's a he's status stage one, yeah, absolutely. I think I'm going to be slightly more adventurous than that, and and and, and go for a, go for a two-one. But I do think that we win, which is odd that all four of us have. I don't think that ever happens that all four of us or all the participants of a podcast after a drumming have been like, "Yeah, we're fucking going to smash these, no problem at all." <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. The problem is, it's the Villa. He can't say we're going to lose, can you? Well, no, we'd be absolutely hung out to dry. <laughs> So we need to we need to end this on on uh, on a lighter note. So we're going to go ahead and do the quiz. So Dan, uh, as always, has put together a fantastic quiz for us. So Harry, I apologise ahead of time because he's not done you any favours here with the what, question. What that's is for you. What, what's the like the subject? Is it football? It's hell. Or? That's what it is. <laughs> so there's two there's two rounds, and I'll, I'll explain it as we go on. So it's just two questions for each of you. So it's nothing. Right. It's nothing. You know, uh, nothing too taxing. Though again, as I say. He's not doing you any favours with your question here. So, Harry, this is question one for you. It's a stick. Are you ready? It's a massive stick. It's a massive stick. This is. <laughs> four years ago this week, we drew 4-4 at home to Fulham. For one point, name our scorers in order. <laughs> Courtney Hawes. Correct. Uh... Cavalero. I'm giving you the point if you can get one. I'm giving you all the point. Cavalero got point the third. The, yep. Doherty got the four. Uh, sorry, Dave Edwards got the fourth. Mm-hmm. So who, who got the second? Who got the second? 
Danny Bath. The... You, uh, you'd already said the person. Doherty got the second, did he? Right. Doherty got the second. That's correct. So I'm giving you the point for that because yes. Hardy is, an, and you're an esteemed, you're an esteemed <laughs> guest. So I'm giving you the point for that. Crime. So one point to one point. See, this is this is what I mean. This is like, this is next, next question: Who who's a Fulham four scorer? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. So the next the next question um, for Stu. So we couldn't we couldn't ask you this one, Harry. To be fair, because Stu, what shirt number did Harry wear in that game? Oh, um. See, I've got shirt numbers on my mind there because that silly number seventy six today. I was getting irrationally angry that there's someone wearing 76 in the Premier League. He needs to grow up. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'd, um, 30, it's not that high, I, I, anyway. No. I'd say 31, oh, maybe. I've got a guess. Are you locking in on 31, Stu? Yeah. I'll just say, th- yeah, because of the hair they've done it since. I'm just, it's a good yeah. answer, that. It's good because it's right. Absolutely. Yeah. Well done. Very well done. Um, so, Jordan, just just to stay in the game. No pressure already. Dance quick. This has never happened. Never happened. <laughs> so, you so a nil-nil tie break. So, <laughs> and co- consciously didn't mention him during the Liverpool section of the pod. But who did Diogo Jota score his first league goal for Wolves against? Oh. Oh. Um... The only one that comes to mind. Oh, was that his first? Uh, Doesn't make fantastic podcasting. Oh no, sorry. I'm going to go for Millwall. Millwall, <laughs> Millwall at home. Um, unfortunately, that's incorrect. Uh, so I can offer it out. Fastest finger first. Anybody want to jump in and have a guess? You know, all I can think f- of is Bonnet. Is it Lee- middle person? Yeah, um, I'm trying to think early on. I, 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 Barnsley, for some reason, I'm sort of got in my head. Okay, so unfortunately, no, you're both wrong. It was Hull City. Oh, the, the Neves game. Oh. Oh, sorry, Stu. Tough what? luck. Neves banger. Yeah, right. I fell over my chair in that, though. Bruised on my knee. <laughs> True fact. <laughs> okay, we go. Um, so we're looking at 1 1 0 in favour of Harry and Stu. So the next round and final round is the answer smash. So, um, Harry, for your purposes only, this is going to be two uh, two answers smashed into one to create one answer. So, if we were to say Wolves uh, record top goal scorer and a piece of um, destructive equipment, say it would be Steve Bulldozer. Right, okay. So, it's going to be two things merged into one to create an answer. Okay. Well, I'll so, go last. Shall I go last? <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, it's it, it, it's a shout out. It's a shout out. So... Oh right. Okay. Okay. All right. No problem. So, I'll, I'll, we'll do the easiest one first. The e- in my opinion, the easiest one first. So, Wolves midfielder whose life is a roller coaster. Connor Ronan Keating. Oh. Correct. Connor Ronan. Keating, you see. Well yeah, done. that's so that's I would never have got that. <laughs> like, that's, that's different gravy from you, Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, that is that stuff. So that's uh, that's one apiece for everybody. Um American drag queen personality and former Wolves manager. Paul Ince. RuPaul Paul Lambert. Lambert. RuPaul Lambert, yeah. Stu oh. gets the points. Oh, you get me on my drag queens. Hi. 
Stu, you were in like a like a bat out of hell then with that. Um, yeah, RuPaul Lambert is the uh, is the drag queen personality and former Wolves manager. So Stu takes the lead into the last question. So Harry, you need this to tie the game. Uh, and actually, to be fair, so do you, George. Former Wolves striker and for and future Hall of Fame boxer. This is so hard. <laughs> What's is that? Former, someone... former Wolves striker. Is that former Wolves, former Wolves striker, and future Hall of Fame boxer. And this is Dan and boxing, so this could be literally anyone. Uh, you, you'd have heard of, you'd have heard of him. You'd have heard of him for sure. Wolves striker. Um... Do you want me, will it give me? Shall I find out what weight he is? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, please. Let me um, talk amongst yourselves for the purposes of um... oh, the audio <laughs> listeners. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the problem is, I think he's done it at multiple levels. Uh, he's course, also yeah. <laughs> he uh, famously fought um, Mayweather um, far too late. Yeah, he's he's like, I think he's most commonly known as a as a as a lightweight potentially. Um, well, okay, he's a, he's a senator of a country presently. This is um, not held at all. I know, I, know, I, know who, I know who the boxer is. I'm trying to think of the wolf striker there. Um, the boxer's Manny Pacquiao. That helps anyone else try, try and get the, the wolf striker. Um, so it's Manny Pacquiao. Okay, I'm going to give you a clue to help. Scored in the uh, scored in the FA Cup victory over over Liverpool. Andy Wine, I think. So you've got the two pieces. And Andy Vyman Pacquiao. Andy Vyman Pacquiao. Correct. <laughs> yeah, tenuous at best, that. Um, so, so we've got, we've got a tight... We've got, Tough that. It is, it, yeah, it is, it is difficult, that, to be fair. Um, so we've got a tiebreaker. So this is related to our very special guest here. I want to know from uh, Stu and from Jordan, if you were to use Scrabble points, multiplied, total Scrabble point score of Harry Burgoyne multiplied by the amount of league appearances he made for Wolves, that is. You are fucking kidding me. I don't think I've played Scrabble in about 15 years. No, neither have I. I need, I need an answer from you quick fire. I don't want you reaching out right. to any games. Or... I'm guessing but... why is worth a few points. I thought I, I literally thought that Jordan was re- reaching out to a, a box of scrabble. No, I've, got, no, I've, got, I've got a calculator here. I was just going to do some quick maths, as uh, the kids would say. Um, six fifty. Six hundred and fifty for Stu, George. I'll, I'll go for six hundred and forty-nine. Seriously, I don't, I don't think it's that many, is it? Harry, do you want? Do you want to have a guess? <laughs> I have no idea. Um, I just don't. I, I can't really. I don't really know how many points the. The Scrabble would be. <laughs> Welcome to Dan's world. <laughs> it would be like about 40, something like that. 40, well, 50, around that sort of number. I'd and say and 450. You're all way off, way, way off. So Harry Burgoyne only gets you 25, uh, 25 points in Scrabble. Right. Because I think an A is one. I think an R is one. A Y might only be about three. There's not there's not much there that's that's giving you that top that top yeah. point. You know, we're not we're not triple pointing Z here and having quiz. Do you know what I mean? So <laughs> um, So it's uh, the answer is one seven five. 
So, who had the lowest number there? Me. Jordan. Unfortunately, Harry, you were out there running at this point. <laughs> oh, yeah, I wasn't I'd involved. Run, <laughs> I just went for the tactical block, which is it's really dirty. I do apologise. It's not very... <laughs> but I fancied the win. It's been a bad night, and I just wanted to win something, so... <laughs> well, you certainly did. So you win uh, this week's quiz, so thank you very much. Well done. Well Cheers. done. Nicely played. Pleasure. Um, so we're going to wrap, wrap that up then for this evening. Um, I hope, you know, the game wasn't too painful for everybody, and, and actually we'll bounce back with an absolutely smash the Villa, to be fair, and, and we're all pretty confident, oddly, um, on, the, on the podcast that we're going we're gonna to do them over. So, um, as always, check us out on our social channels at um, Wolves Fancast. Um, a few interesting things in the pipeline, including um, a potential um, FIFA tournament that's going to be put together, which uh, look out on the Twitter for that. And loads of different podcasts that are out there, um, apart from the, the match podcast, Stories from the Pack, and we've got the film cast um, on our YouTube channel. We've got Gully's Tactical Analysis, which is really, really excellent. Um, very recently, I released the um, Mental Health Podcast, It's Time to Talk, as well, which, especially around Christmas, is you know is very uh, topical, I guess, in, in making sure that you're looking after your mental health as well. So check out that. Um, and as always, get in touch with us if there's anything that you know you want us to want us to look at or interact with us. Um, so for now, Stu, if you want to say goodbye. Yeah, Feliz Navidad. Happy Christmas. Welcome all. <laughs> Jordan, if you want to say bye. Yeah, night, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> and Harry, thank you very much for having us on. I hope you you enjoyed it. Yeah, thanks a lot. And don't be don't get yourself too down, Wolves fans. It'll all be fine. It's all going to be all right in the yeah. end. Absolutely. Well, cheers, guys. Stay safe. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.